0: section 71 of the brothers karamazov by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce peerie book 11 chapter 2 the injured foot the first of these things was at the house of madame holakoff and he hurried there to get it over as quickly as possible and not be too late for mitya madame Holakoff had been slightly ailing for the last three weeks her foot had for some reason swollen up and though she was not in bed she lay all day half reclining on the couch in her boudoir in a fascinating but decorous alyosha had once noted with innocent amusement that in spite of her illness madame Holakoff had begun to be rather dressy top-knots ribbons loose wrappers had made their appearance and he had an inkling of the reason though he dismissed such ideas from his mind as frivolous during the last two months the young official Perhotin had become a regular visitor at the house alyosha had not called for four days and he was in haste to go straight to lise as it was with her he had to speak for lise had sent a maid to him the previous day specially asking him to come to her about something very important a request which for certain reasons had interest for alyosha but while the maid went to take his name into lise madame hohlakov heard of his arrival from some one and immediately sent to beg him to come to her just for one minute alyosha reflected that it was better to accede to the mamma's request or else she would be sending down to lise's room every minute that he was there madame hohlakov was lying on a couch she was particularly smartly dressed and was evidently in a state of extreme nervous excitement she greeted alyosha with cries of rapture it's ages ages perfect ages since i've seen you it's a whole week only think of it ah but you were here only four days ago on wednesday you have come to see lise i'm sure you meant to slip into her room on tiptoe without my hearing you my dear dear alexey fyodorovitch if you only knew how worried i am about her but of that later though that's the most important thing of that later dear alexey fyodorovitch i trust you implicitly with my lise since the death of father zossima god rest his soul she crossed herself i look upon you as a monk though you look charming in your new suit where did you find such a tailor in these parts no no that's not the chief thing of that later forgive me for sometimes calling you alyosha an old woman like me may take liberties she smiled coquettishly but that will do later too the important thing is that i shouldn't forget what is important please remind me of it yourself as soon as my tongue runs away with me you just say the important thing ugh how do i know now what is of most importance ever since lise took back her promise her childish promise alexey fyodorovitch to marry you you've realized of course that it was only the playful fancy of a sick child who had been so long confined to her chair thank god she can walk now that new doctor catches sent for from moscow for your unhappy brother who will to-morrow but why speak of to-morrow i am ready to die at the very thought of to-morrow ready to die of curiosity the doctor was with us yesterday and saw lise i paid him fifty roubles for the visit but that's not the point that's not the point again you see i'm mixing everything up i am in such a hurry why am i in a hurry i don't understand it's awful how i seem growing unable to understand anything everything seems mixed up in a sort of tangle i am afraid you are so bored you will jump up and run away and that will be all i shall see of you goodness why are we sitting here and no coffee Yulia, glafira coffee alyosha made haste to thank her and said that he had only just had coffee where at Agrafena alexandrovna's at at that woman's ah it's she has brought ruin on everyone i know nothing about it though they say she has become a saint though it's rather late in the day she had better have done it before what use is it now hush hush alexey fyodorovitch for i have so much to say to you that i am afraid i shall tell you nothing this awful trial i shall certainly go i am making arrangements i shall be carried there in my chair besides i can sit up i shall have people with me and you know i am a witness how shall i speak how shall i speak i don't know what i shall say one has to take an oath hasn't one yes but i don't think you will be able to go i can sit up ah you put me out Ah this trial this savage act and then they are all going to siberia some are getting married and all this so quickly so quickly everything's changing and at last nothing all grow old and have death to look forward to well so be it i am weary this Katya, cette charmante personne has disappointed all my hopes Now she is going to follow one of your brothers to Siberia, and your other brother is going to follow her, and will live in the nearest town, and they will all torment one another. It drives me out of my mind. Worst of all, the publicity. The story has been told a million times over in all the papers in Moscow and Petersburg. Ah, yes, would you believe it? There's a paragraph that I was a dear friend of your brothers'-I can't repeat the horrid word just fancy just fancy impossible where was the paragraph what did it say i'll show you directly i got the paper and read it yesterday here in the petersburg paper gossip the paper began coming out this year i am awfully fond of gossip and i take it in and now it pays me out this is what gossip comes to here it is here this passage read it and she handed alyosha a sheet of newspaper which had been under her pillow it was not exactly that she was upset she seemed overwhelmed and perhaps everything really was mixed up in a tangle in her head the paragraph was very typical and must have been a great shock to her but fortunately perhaps she was unable to keep her mind fixed on any one subject at that moment and so might race off in a minute to something else and quite forget the newspaper alyosha was well aware that the story of the terrible case had spread all over russia and good heavens what wild rumors about his brother about the karamazovs and about himself he had read in the course of those two months among other equally credible items one paper had even stated that he had gone into a monastery and become a monk in horror at his brother's crime another contradicted this and stated that he and his elder father zossima had broken into the monastery chest and made tracks from the monastery the present paragraph in the paper gossip was under the heading the karamazov case at skotoprigonevsk that alas was the name of our little town i had hitherto kept it concealed it was brief and madame hohlakov was not directly mentioned in it no names appeared in fact it was merely stated that the criminal whose approaching trial was making such a sensation retired army captain an idle swaggerer and reactionary bully was continually involved in amorous intrigues and particularly popular with certain ladies who were pining in solitude one such lady a pining widow who tried to seem young though she had a grown-up daughter was so fascinated by him that only two hours before the crime she offered him three thousand roubles on condition that he would elope with her to the gold mines but the criminal counting on escaping punishment had preferred to murder his father to get the three thousand rather than go off to siberia with the middle-aged charms of this pining lady this playful paragraph finished of course with an outburst of generous indignation at the wickedness of parricide and at the lately abolished institution of serfdom reading it with curiosity alyosha folded up the paper and handed it back to madame Holakov well that must be me she hurried on again of course i am meant scarcely more than an hour before i suggested gold mines to him and here they talk of middle-aged charms as though that were my motive he writes that out of spite god almighty forgive him for the middle-aged charms as i forgive him you know it do you know who it is it's your friend rakitin perhaps said alyosha though i've heard nothing about it it's he it's he no perhaps about it you know i turned him out of the house you know all that story don't you i know that you asked him not to visit you for the future but why it was i haven't heard from you at least ah then you've heard it from him he abuses me i suppose abuses me dreadfully yes he does but then he abuses every one but why you've given him up i haven't heard from him either i meet him very seldom now indeed we are not friends well then i'll tell you all about it there's no help for it i'll confess for there is one point in which i was perhaps to blame only a little little point so little that perhaps it doesn't count you see my dear boy madame holokoff suddenly looked arch and a charming though enigmatic smile played about her lips you see i suspect you must forgive me alyosha i am like a mother to you no no quite the contrary i speak to you now as though you were my father mother's quite out of place well it's as though i were confessing to father zossima that's just it i called you a monk just now Well that poor young man your friend rakitin mercy on us i can't be angry with him i feel cross but not very that frivolous young man would you believe it seems to have taken it into his head to fall in love with me i only noticed it later at first a month ago he only began to come oftener to see me almost every day though of course we were acquainted before i knew nothing about it and suddenly it dawned upon me and I began to notice things with surprise. You know, two months ago, that modest, charming, excellent young man, Pyotr Ilyitch Perhotin, who's in the service here, began to be a regular visitor at the house. You met him here ever so many times yourself, and he is an excellent, earnest young man, isn't he? He comes once every three days, not every day, though I should be glad to see him every day, and always so well dressed altogether i love young people alyosha talented modest like you and he has almost the mind of a statesman he talks so charmingly and i shall certainly certainly try and get promotion for him he is a future diplomat on that awful day he almost saved me from death by coming in the night and your friend rakitin comes in such boots and always stretches them out on the carpet he began hinting at his feelings in fact and one day as he was going he squeezed my hand terribly hard my foot began to swell directly after he pressed my hand like that he had met pyotr ilyitch here before and would you believe it he is always chibing at him growling at him for some reason i simply looked at the way they went on together and laughed inwardly so i was sitting here alone no i was laid up then well i was lying here alone and suddenly rakitin comes in and only fancy brought me some verses of his own composition a short poem on my bad foot that is he described my foot in a poem wait a minute how did it go a captivating little foot it began somehow like that i can never remember poetry i've got it here i'll show it to you later but it's a charming thing charming and you know it's not only about the foot it had a good moral too a charming idea only i've forgotten it in fact it was just the thing for an album so of course i thanked him and he was evidently flattered i'd hardly had time to thank him when in comes pyotr ilyitch and rakitin suddenly looked as black as night i could see that pyotr ilyitch was in the way for rakitin certainly wanted to say something after giving me the verses i had a presentiment of it but pyotr ilyitch came in i showed pyotr ilyitch the verses and didn't say who was the author but i am convinced that he guessed though he won't own it to this day and declares he had no idea but he says that on purpose pyotr ilyitch began to laugh at once and fell to criticizing it wretched doggerel he said they were some divinity student must have written them and with such vehemence such vehemence then instead of laughing your friend flew into a rage good gracious i thought they'll fly at each other it was i who wrote them said he i wrote them as a joke he said for i think it degrading to write verses but they are good poetry they want to put a monument to your pushkin for writing about women's feet while i wrote with a moral purpose and you said he are an advocate of serfdom you've no humane ideas said he you have no modern enlightened feelings you are uninfluenced by progress you are a mere official he said and you take bribes then i began screaming and imploring them and you know pyotr ilyitch is anything but a coward he at once took up the most gentlemanly tone looked at him sarcastically listened and apologized i'd no idea said he i shouldn't have said it if i had known i should have praised it poets are all so irritable he said in short he laughed at him under cover of the most gentlemanly tone he explained to me afterwards that it was all sarcastic i thought he was in earnest only as i lay there just as before you now i thought would it or would it not be the proper thing for me to turn rakitin out for shouting so rudely at a visitor in my house and would you believe it i lay here shut my eyes and wondered would it be the proper thing or not i kept worrying and worrying and my heart began to beat and i couldn't make up my mind whether to make an outcry or not one voice seemed to be telling me speak and the other no don't speak and no sooner had the second voice said that than I cried out and fainted. Of course there was a fuss; I got up suddenly and said to Rakitin, "It's painful for me to say it, but I don't wish to see you in my house again." So I turned him out. Ah! Alexey Fyodorovitch, I know myself I did wrong. I was putting it on-I wasn't angry with him at all, really, but I suddenly fancied, that was what did it, that it would be such a fine scene. And yet, believe me, it was quite natural, for I really shed tears and cried for several days afterwards, and then suddenly, one afternoon, I forgot all about it. So it's a fortnight since he's been here, and I kept wondering whether he would come again. I wondered even yesterday, and then suddenly, last night, came this gossip. I read it and gasped. Who could have written it? He must have written it he went home sat down wrote it on the spot sent it and they put it in it was a fortnight ago you see but alyosha it's awful how i keep talking and don't say what i want to say ah the words come of themselves it's very important for me to be in time to see my brother to-day alyosha faltered to be sure to be sure you bring it all back to me listen what is an aberration what aberration asked alyosha wondering in the legal sense an aberration in which everything is pardonable whatever you do you will be acquitted at once what do you mean i'll tell you this katya ah she is a charming charming creature only i never can make out who it is she is in love with she was with me some time ago and i couldn't get anything out of her especially as she won't talk to me except on the surface now she is always talking about my health and nothing else and she takes up such a tone with me too i simply said to myself well so be it i don't care oh yes i was talking of aberration this doctor has come you know a doctor has come of course you know it the one who discovers madmen you wrote for him no it wasn't you but katya it's all katya's doing well you see a man may be sitting perfectly sane and suddenly have an aberration he may be conscious and know what he is doing and yet be in a state of aberration and there's no doubt that dmitri fyodorovitch was suffering from aberration they found out about aberration as soon as the law courts were reformed It's all the good effect of the reformed law courts. The doctor has been here and questioned me about that evening about the gold mines. How did he seem then? he asked me. He must have been in a state of aberration. He came in shouting, Money, money, three thousand, give me three thousand, and then went away and immediately did the murder. I don't want to murder him, he said, and he suddenly went and murdered him. That's why they'll acquit him because he struggled against it, and yet he murdered him." But he didn't murder him, Alyosha interrupted rather sharply. He felt more and more sick with anxiety and impatience. Yes, I know. It was that old man Grigory murdered him. Grigory? cried Alyosha. Yes, yes, it was Grigory. He lay as Dmitri Fyodorovitch struck him down, and then got up, saw the door open, went in and killed Fyodor Pavlovitch. But why? Why? Suffering from aberration. When he recovered from the blow Dmitri Fyodorovitch gave him on the head, he was suffering from aberration. He went and committed the murder. As for his saying he didn't, he very likely doesn't remember. Only, you know, it'll be better, ever so much better, if Dmitri Fyodorovitch murdered him. And that's how it must have been, though I say it was Brigori. It certainly was Dmitri Fyodorovitch, and that's better, ever so much better. Oh, not better that a son should have killed his father, I don't defend that. Children ought to honor their parents, and yet it would be better if it were he, as you'd have nothing to cry over then, for he did it when he was unconscious, or rather when he was conscious, but did not know what he was doing. Let them acquit him that's so humane and would show what a blessing reformed law courts are i knew nothing about it but they say they have been so a long time and when i heard it yesterday i was so struck by it that i wanted to send for you at once and if he is acquitted make him come straight from the law courts to dinner with me and i'll have a party of friends and we'll drink to the reformed law courts i don't believe he'd be dangerous besides i'll invite a great many friends so that he could always be led out if he did anything and then he might be made a justice of the peace or something in another town for those who have been in trouble themselves make the best judges and besides who isn't suffering from aberration nowadays you i all of us are in a state of aberration and there are ever so many examples of it a man sits singing a song suddenly something annoys him he takes a pistol and shoots the first person he comes across and no one blames him for it i read that lately and all the doctors confirm it the doctors are always confirming they confirm anything why my lise is in a state of aberration she made me cry again yesterday and the day before too and to-day i suddenly realized that it's all due to aberration oh lise grieves me so i believe she's quite mad why did she send for you did she send for you or did you come of yourself yes she sent for me and i am just going to her alyosha got up resolutely oh my dear dear alexey fyodorovitch perhaps that's what's most important madame holokoff cried suddenly bursting into tears god knows i trust lise to you with all my heart and it's no matter her sending for you on the sly without telling her mother but forgive me i can't trust my daughter so easily to your brother ivan fyodorovitch though i still consider him the most chivalrous young man but only fancy he's been to see lise and i knew nothing about it how what when alyosha was exceedingly surprised he had not sat down again and listened standing i will tell you that's perhaps why i asked you to come for i don't know now why i did ask you to come well ivan fyodorovitch has been to see me twice since he came back from moscow first time he came as a friend to call on me and the second time katya was here and he came because he heard she was here i didn't of course expect him to come often knowing what a lot he has to do as it is vous comprenez cette affaire et l'amour terrible de votre papa but i suddenly heard he'd been here again not to see me but to see lise that's six days ago now he came stayed five minutes and went away and i didn't hear of it till three days afterwards from Glafira, so it was a great shock to me i sent for lise directly she laughed he thought you were asleep she said and came in to me to ask after your health of course that's how it happened but lise lise mercy on us how she distresses me would you believe it one night four days ago just after you saw her last time and had gone away she suddenly had a fit screaming shrieking hysterics why is it i never have hysterics then next day another fit and the same thing on the third and yesterday too And then yesterday, that aberration. She suddenly screamed out, I hate Ivan Fyodorovitch! I insist on your never letting him come to the house again. I was struck dumb at these amazing words, and answered, On what grounds could I refuse to see such an excellent young man, a young man of such learning, too, and so unfortunate? For all this business is a misfortune, isn't it? She suddenly burst out laughing at my words, and so rudely, you know well i was pleased i thought i had amused her and the fits would pass off especially as i wanted to refuse to see ivan fyodorovitch anyway on account of his strange visits without my knowledge and meant to ask him for an explanation but early this morning lise waked up and flew into a passion with yulia and would you believe it slapped her in the face that's monstrous i am always polite to my servants and an hour later she was hugging yulia's feet and kissing them she sent a message to me that she wasn't coming to me at all and would never come and see me again and when i dragged myself down to her she rushed to kiss me crying and as she kissed me she pushed me out of the room without saying a word so i couldn't find out what was the matter now dear alexey fyodorovitch i rest all my hopes on you and of course my whole life is in your hands i simply beg you to go to lise and find out everything from her as you alone can and come back and tell me me her mother for you understand it will be the death of me simply the death of me if this goes on or else i shall run away i can stand no more i have patience but i may lose patience and then then something awful will happen ah dear me at last pyotr cried madame hohlakov beaming all over as she saw perhotin enter the room you are late you are late well sit down speak put us out of suspense what does the council say where are you off to alexey to lise oh yes you won't forget you won't forget what i asked you it's a question of life and death of course i won't forget if i can but i am so late muttered alyosha beating a hasty retreat no be sure be sure to come in don't say if you can i shall die if you don't madame holokoff called after him but alyosha had already left the room end of section seventy one